Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I am Alex with Undying Light, and uh, I am back at you with another attribute tonight. So by the time this episode drops, I unfortunately don't know where I'm going to place it just yet. So there could be a plethora of episodes that you've already listened to, or only a couple. With that said, I have a special guest tonight with me as we are going to talk about this particular attribute. Jason, care to introduce yourself? Hey, what's going on? Thanks for having me, man. My yeah. name is Jason, as you said. I'm the host of Daily Reformation, uh, as some of your listeners might know. And yeah. uh, it's just a theology podcast where we dive into God's Word and uh, see how we can become daily more like Jesus Christ in our thinking and in our living so that's my show and uh connected with you through the podcasting world and it's been a pleasure ever since man yeah absolutely and for those who uh have not checked out jason's podcast go listen to it uh they are um absolutely worth the time to listen to and uh jason you're actually a guest on i wouldn't say guest now you're you're like a co-host on the grounded and rooted uh, series with uh, uh, Nick, Paul, and I. So uh, we broke the round table. We're now a square table and <laughs> changed the name. And we added a person. And uh, you've provided some uh, exceptional knowledge as we talk through First uh, John on that series. Ah, you're too kind, man. Same to you. I've had a blast on that. Yeah, it's it's been a blessing to to sit and and go through it and. Uh, uh, I, I think First John's got a lot of uh, there's a lot of depth to it, and then there's a lot of simplicity to it, and uh, I think it's a great book. And I, from what I've gathered, people really enjoy it. So, yeah, you know what I love about First John is like you can, as you said, it's like it's like simple enough that you can like read it once a day, just read straight through it, and like just get like a deep understanding of assurance just by a surface read through. And you can also jump in like and examine every single verse and you'll realize it is so profound and there's so many nuances it's amazing yeah yeah absolutely nailed it so 
before we get into the topic at hand, I got to ask you something. Ooh. And this is something that we, Paul and I did uh, ex- uh, numerous times on prior episodes. And unfortunately, because it's just me, I don't get the luxury to talk about this too much. What did you have for dinner tonight, man? Oh, I had some Pizza Hut, bro. Nice. We had some had some pineapple on the pizza with no oh, shame. Oh, no. There's people out there. Think we're going to kill, we're gonna have to end the episode now. <laughs> <laughs> pineapple on pizza oh, don't terrible. at me terrible tell oh you're one of those people <laughs> yes it's man. heresy wow oh, man. i guess i'm I a just, heretic then i i tried it um and and it probably it was just crappy pizza to begin with it was like little caesars or something and it was at a youth uh event that i was working with and they ordered a ton of pizzas and one of them had pineapple and ham on it and i'm like you know what i've never tried it before and i so i tried it the pizza was it was terrible quality, but I just could not get little over. Caesars now. Yeah, little Caesars totally... is like my favorite. That's my childhood right there. It's totally destroying little Caesars <laughs> because see, I live in Chicago, so I have real pizza in Chicago. So, oh, okay. Yeah. So if y'all don't know uh, what real pizza looks like, just Google Lou Malnati's and you'll see what real pizza looks like. And you can DM me and I'll send you pictures of my delicious pizzas that I eat. Uh, but deep dish. Oh yeah, they're like four inches thick, man. These are these are manly pizzas. <laughs> they, they they weigh like five pounds. A real men put pineapple on their pizza. <laughs> no, they don't. <laughs> no, I'll tell oh, you the best. the most the most manly thing. So my wife and daughter are out um, the week that we're recording this. So I'm I'm by myself, and so uh, Tuesday night I got home and I had. Uh, <sighs> I can't. I, I my nights have been a blur, but I know it was Tuesday night, and I don't think I recorded anything. Or I might. Oh wait, I take that back. I recorded one episode early in the evening, so I had like the rest of the afternoon to do nothing. And so I went and ran a couple errands, and I went to a local barbecue joint that I really like, and I got a rack of ribs. And Dang. so I love this barbecue joint. My wife and I go there uh, every so often, and I always get there. Um, uh, burnt ends sandwich which is uh, amazing it is just absolutely amazing sounds like it's got a lot of meat on it it's like a pound of burnt ends (laughs) and by a pound i literally mean it's a pound of meat dude and so that's like my go-to and i was realizing i'm like i've never had a rack of ribs from this place so i went got a rack brought it home and i grabbed some ice cream on the way home because i'm fat boying it up this week and uh, I get home and I'm like, you know what? My ribs are just a little cold. So I put them in the oven. And the first thing I grabbed was an iron skillet. And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, you know what? This will work. So I threw them on the iron skillet, threw them in the oven, heated them up for a few minutes, took them out. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to watch a movie. So while they were heating up, I was uh, looking on Amazon. I'm like, you know what? I haven't seen the new Rambo movie. So... So I get my rack so of ribs. That was your evening. So I have a rack of ribs in an iron skillet watching Rambo. And I'm just <laughs> thinking to myself, I'm like, there's literally nothing more manly. I'm like, the most manly thing I could do is go get a big knife and jab it into my desk next to me and, and just <laughs> let it sit there. You know, like, this is my spot. <laughs> John Wayne here. I'm oh, telling man. you. It was like, I just thought, I after I got done eating the ribs and watching the movie, I'm like, that was really a weird combination of things to do. 
but you did it. But I did it anyways. And, cool. uh, but it was, it, and, and, and the funny thing was the movie was okay. I mean, it wasn't like exceptionally good or anything. It was just okay. I don't know if you've seen the new Rambo, but I've never seen it. Yeah. If you've not seen any of the Rambo's, you have to watch the prior Rambo's to really get it. Um, right, you need context. Yeah. So, and it was like I said, it was okay, and it was good for an action movie, but there's no, there's very little depth. There's a good right. storyline, but I mean, there's just not a lot to it. And I think even t- terms of like uh, commentary, like talking dialogue in the movie, it it there's just it's a lackluster of di- uh, dialogue. So. Yeah, it's 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 an interesting type of movie. I'll say that. But so that's been my night. I had pizza last night, actually, and uh, I ordered Domino's because I didn't Ooh. want to spend thirty dollars on a lose pizza, unfortunately, because I lose on Thursday for my daughter's birthday. So hey. at Domino's, I'm gonna have leftovers after uh, we rec- finish recording this episode. So. So that's, that's my exciting. night. Yeah. So uh, as we dig into our topic at hand so uh for for those who are listening to this series um jason's my first guest that will uh air in this series that i can promise you i don't know whether i'm gonna whether i'm gonna do two episodes prior to this one airing or four so i it's so stressful when you're like hosting yeah and and like this has happened to me so many times i'm like is this gonna come out before that and when are people hearing this? Is the world going to still be around? Will the apocalypse happen before this <laughs> Jesus comes out? Jesus returning no... tomorrow. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's crazy. So I, I, you know, and I wrote out a schedule. I wrote out like what, what day I want, what, what episode. And then after I recorded, so tomorrow, so, so May 1st, so we're recording this April 30th. So May 1st is the first episode in the series post the introduction episode. So it's the actual first attribute. And I talk about God's, uh, God being infinite. And then the next episode I have recorded is God's immensity. And so I've got these two episodes already recorded and I'm going to, so and then we're recording this one and then I will have a couple more recorded. And, but then I was thinking, I was looking at my schedule, I'm like, but I really want to change kind of the order because after immensity, I want to do the omnis. Like I want to do omnipresent, omnipotent and omniscient. And right. I was thinking about kind of just doing all three in one episode even though they're extensively deep i can yeah i can probably take a high enough view at all three and then we because but the premise of what i'm trying to do with the show is take them at kind of a high level and then weave them into each connecting episode so right. while we talk about you know tonight's topic god being immutable we have to understand that god is also all of these other things before that and so we right. we have to build upon this like foundation, and so um, my my goal is this will air sometime in May. I'm thinking probably the second to last week of May is when I'm targeting, or it yeah. might be the last week of May. I'm really you know, but like you said, it's like it's the most stressful thing when you start recording a bunch of episodes. Like right, how do you? And the people this? listening are like, well, it doesn't really matter to me because all I know is I'm listening to this now. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> They don't. They don't know all the 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 book work that we have to do to put these things together. Because right now, They'll I mean, understand. there's yeah, and I mean, there's no like logical chain to the attributes. There's no like you got to do this to understand that, and then to go right. here. They're they're all just there, and so I'm, I'm I think I'm trying to 
group them a little bit together. But uh, but so anyways, that all aside, I have Jason tonight to join me. We're going to talk about God being immutable. And so what I've done is, is I've reached out to a bunch of people and I invited them all to come on and do guest spots. And so and, and through that, I have given them the ability to pick their favorite attribute. And so Jason picked immutable. I've got uh, other guests that will join me and they're uh, they've picked their um, attributes as well. So I have a little list of who's doing what. And uh, so they will air uh, w- one guest will air right after this episode, perhaps will air or maybe two episodes. I don't know. See, gets back to that whole scheduling nightmare. <laughs> and then i've got yeah and then i've got people that will air in june and then some in july and this might actually depending on how many people i can get on uh we may take this into august so man uh there's i mean because you you can't be too extensive or too in depth with you know the the attributes because they each kind of all have a little notch and they all play off each other and there's you know, they'll connect, you, yeah. Just kind of keep going with them, which is amazing. So, why did you pick uh, the immutability of God? I don't know what it is about immutability, but it just, for me, it's like the attribute of God that, like, just sticks with me the most. And I'll explain why. I think it's just the fact that the immutability of God is what guarantees that God will always be who He is. So it's like the glue of all His attributes, as I say. It's like he will always be omniscient. He will always be sovereign. He will always be holy. And we know that because of his immutability. And I just find that so mind-blowing and beautiful um, that God never changes. And I guess that's just the definition of immutability because mute, like mutation, it means change. Immutability means he, by definition, he does not change. Yep. It's a wonderful thing. Yeah, and I was I was just going to say before you nailed the definition exactly what it was because— um, you know, people hear these terms and they're like, oh, I've never, I don't, I don't know what that means. And, you know, you can probably take a stab at what, you know, what uh, God being infinite means. Um, immutability is kind of one of those, it's a little bit more of a rare term. I think it's not commonly used in the church. And then I can tell you that none of the omnis, you, you know, are used in the church. Most people aren't going to talk about God being, you know, omnipresent and, you know, in a sermon. I sure right. don't. I'm just going to simply say that God is present everywhere. <laughs> so, True. You know, you, you have to go to the very um, most basic definition when it comes to talking to people. And uh, so, yeah, God not changing is kind of a almost another foundational piece to God's character. Yeah, it's like, as I say, it's like the glue of his attributes. It's foundational, as you said, because... It's it's like every single other aspect of him is dependent on it. Because if he were not immutable, how are we to be sure that his holiness, the fact that he's holy yesterday is going to be true tomorrow? Mm-hmm. Here's an interesting thought. We we talk about how all these attributes are interconnected. And, you know, like I think that there are some that are very foundational. But couldn't you say that all of the attributes are actually foundational in their own nature? Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm not, I don't want to like elevate one above the rest saying this is the key attribute of God, but they do oh, have right, their unique yeah. aspects. Right. Yeah, I wasn't really, I wasn't going to say, I wasn't, I wasn't going to like accuse you of that by any means. But uh, what I was thinking is just like, 
because what I was trying to in this particular series is build off of the each attribute and kind of say, you know, like this one's later to that one. But then I started thinking, it's like, you know, all of these really, obviously they're all equal. There's not right. one attribute greater than the other. There's not one that's used more than the other. They're all equal in, in every single line. And, but you can almost look and say, if you don't have this attribute, then you can't have any of the others. Right. And, but I think there's, I think there's classes of attributes. And what I mean by that is, and, and again, I've, I've read some books. I've read the A.W. Tozer attribute books. Um, I've read uh, Matthew Barrett, uh, None Greater, and I've glanced through the A.W. Pink's attributes. And I know there's, there's tons of authors who have written books on attributes. There's tons of blogs, tons of podcasts. They've all talked about them. But what I think is, is like you can look at these, uh, you can put them into classes like, you know, God is infinite. God is immutable. God is omnipresent, omnipotent, omniscient. Uh, and then you can say on a different class that God is love, God is righteous, God is mercy, God is just. Uh, and then you've got, you know, other divisions. So I think you can kind of maybe segregate them a little bit like that. But at the same time, you can't have God's love without his just. You can't have his mercy without his righteousness. And so I think they're all still, uh, you know, throughout that interconnected. Exactly. Yeah. Because you can't really separate them in, in, in a way that would segment God off. Like they're all like showing different aspects of his character. And it's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I think it's interesting too, like just to say, so I've got a guest coming on for God's love. And so we're going to really pull that one apart because there's a lot of misconceptions around God's love. Would you think, or would you say just prior to that episode being recorded, and I and I want to pick your brain on this a little bit, even though this isn't the the topic attribute, but would you say that like God's love is a foundational attribute to His character? I would say, as much as any other is, in the sense that you know, First John literally just says God is love, and that's a mm-hmm. biblical verse. The question is, how exactly does that work out? What does that imply? What does that mean? Some people take that. Uh, in a direction that the Bible doesn't necessarily warrant. Mm. Uh, when they say God is love, does that mean that he approves of all human relationships if there's love involved? Um, no, especially if we're defining love biblically. Um, but yeah, I think it is a foundational attribute as much as any other is, just by definition of the simplicity of God, which, mm. as you know, just declares that there's nothing in him that is more than the other aspects of him. It's kind of yeah. mind blowing. Like my yeah. mind is kind of exploding just talking about it. <laughs> and that's actually going to be another attribute I'm going to try to get a guest on is the simplicity of God. And that I think is probably one of the most complex attributes to think about because through all of these vast things, God is still simple. Right. And that's the, that's the paradox. It's like a paradoxical attribute. It's so weird. Yeah. So, so immutability, that's the topic of tonight's episode, if you haven't guessed it already, as we've kind of hashed through that already. Um, so what a, So what additional thoughts do you have? Um, I know you said that this is like your glue to the attributes, and we're curious to maybe poke your brain a little bit more, um, you know, on, on this particular one. Right, yeah. 
I mean, I, I think it's related to the fact that God is outside of time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's dependent on his eternality. Because if, if you had a start of existence, then that would, by definition, be a change. So the fact that God is eternal and he has always existed and will always exist, by definition, uh, that is what leads to his immutability. It just logically follows. Uh, because based on the fact that he's outside of time, there's no chronology, there's no chronological time and place and like for him to change within. Uh, it's, again, this is kind of mind-blowing stuff. But moving through time, right, it's not something that changes him because he's outside of it. And that's kind of where we get this idea of immutability. But when I say that's where we get this, let's be clear. This is all over the Bible. There's tons of verses that teach this. I don't know if we want to dive into those right now, but it's all throughout. Yeah, so um, we will uh, definitely – sorry, I'm um, I'm mind tracked there. uh, We definitely do need to hash out some uh, scripture and – Oh my gosh, sorry. My brain's scattered. No worries, uh, bro. I'll cut this, don't worry. Uh obviously. Uh, we're at 20 minutes, okay. Uh, so yeah, so let's look at some scripture. So again, before we uh hash open the scripture, uh I do want to make you know, as I'm going to kind of clarify through much of these episodes, uh we're not doing a uh, extraordinarily deep dive conversation into the these topics. We're not, you know, doing an academical study. We're not doing a, you know, exhaustive search. These are just conversational style talk. Uh, we're going to look at, you know, why Jason picked this. We'll look at some scripture, and we keep this episode around forty to forty-five minutes. And the the reason is, is you know, we don't want to, I don't want to overload people with too much because these are, um, the topics are quite deep, you know, like, like you said, right. talking about the immutability of God, when you say that he exists above, um, you know, time that falls back into the last two episodes I recorded with God being infinite. He's existed beyond all the measures of time and God being immense that God is unmeasurable he's he fills everything and his immensity is is you can't even put words to it and so when you start to put those into the immutability of god and that god has never changed and cannot change it really starts to add this really deep complex of thought to it and so you know i think in the pre-show we were talking i'm like i just don't want people to walk away from this not knowing left and right and and their brains are mush. So, uh, you know, simple, exactly. high level flyby views of these, and uh, you know, it's, I think we can dig into some of the scripture and really talk about the scripture. And I think that's where I get more, you know, we'll get more out of it. Um, so I don't know what you have in your list, but I know I've got a few on my page, and I think the most uh, common one to maybe go to is Malachi three six. Right. For the Lord, do, for I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore, you, O child of Jacob, are not consumed. Obviously, there's context to this. Yeah. And uh, we can uh, bring up all of 
those contexts if you care to learn. As I'm trying to do multiple things at once. Oh, goodness gracious here. Right, but the key phrase there is, I, the Lord, do not change. And that's just him making a declaration about himself. Whenever God is saying, I, the Lord, I, Yahweh, and then he says something, that's like a listen up. This is God declaring something about himself. Mm -hmm. And it's really incredible to see. He says, I, the Lord, do not change. And he points to that saying, therefore, because of this, you, O children of Jacob, are not consumed. Yep. Saying he's sparing them from his judgment because he is immutable and immutably gracious and patient. It's amazing. That's exactly it. And, you know, I'm just reading through Malachi 3 here. And, it, you know, we can... I, I don't want to ever cherry pick a verse to hold up in terms of like... Uh, you know, oh, well, we have a doctrine because God said these four words. But if you read, so like verse five, a little bit longer of a verse, it says, and I will come near to you to judgment, what you were saying, and I will be sw and I will be a swift witness against the sorcerers and against the adulterers and against false swears and against those who that oppress the uh, hiring of in his wages, the widow and the fatherless and turn aside the stranger from his right and fear not me, saith the Lord of hosts. For I, the Lord, I change not. Therefore, ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. So I'm reading the King James Version, unfortunately. But, you know, what he's telling here is the sons of Jacob do not change. I do not change, as the Lord says. And, but he will bring judgment to those who stand against him. And that's right. kind of been a theme throughout Scripture. And um, so that's, I, I think, a very crucial... Uh, uh, verse to hold on to. Uh, what what else you got in your arsenal? One of my favorites is uh, Hebrews thirteen eight, and yes. the verse is very famous. So many of you out there might find this familiar. It says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. It's probably the clearest declaration of his immutability. I I don't think you can argue with that. <laughs> exactly, it's so clear. Yeah, and you've because you've got, and I've talked about that in, I think I actually mentioned it in the last in the prior two episodes that, you know, this is God's nature and Christ is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, and I, I think that's something that we as Christians don't necessarily get to uh, hold on to all the way because we tend to think in of ourselves as you know being you know like we have to rely on ourselves when in fact we can rely on god to guide us and so when we are you know going through either the valley especially now with this covid lockdown when we're going through valleys we can rest in christ knowing that he never changes right exactly and that's the practical application of this the fact that we have this certainty this solid rock that is jesus christ who never changes in his basic attributes his nature Right, he he remains steadfast and faithful, and that's in contrast with us, we who are constantly changing, constantly changing our minds, and the world around us. Our circumstances are constantly changing. Sometimes it seems for the worst, and yet God is still unchangeably good. He's unchangeably on the throne and sovereign. And seeing that contrast is really comforting to see that in a world and with ourselves where we're constantly changing and developing and 
all sorts of uncertainty, God remains faithful and he's certain in his sovereignty. Like he, do, he doesn't step off the throne for a moment, you know, and that's, that's comforting. Yeah. You know, that's, uh, that, that to me is probably the best thing that I can hold on to. And I, um, <laughs> I, I, I forget the scripture off the top of my head cause I don't have it in front of me from the last episode where, um, I think it was in the Psalms and I correct me if I'm wrong on this, but where, uh, the verses talking about how God overflows heaven and it might've been Solomon when he's talking about the temple, like how can I f- build this temple that's going to house you? And, right. you know, and then it talks about, there's other scripture that talk about how, you know, uh, you're seated on your throne in heaven and you use earth as your footstool. And, right. and I find measurements of God to be so vast and so great to just be uh, comforting and amazing to think that our God is so almost to the extent to be inconceivable in, in terms of his attributes. And then we have another one tonight, immutability, where we know that he doesn't change. And we can simply just label it that, but then we can look to scripture and see all these examples that God declares himself to be immutable. And the writers of scripture declare God to be immutable. And right. it, it's not just, it, it, when we say it, it's not just, um, you know, God in his being uh, not changing. It's like he can't be any more sovereign or any less sovereign. He can't be any more love and any less loving. It's all of God and everything that he has said. He's not going to uh, make any sort of changes in terms of what he's given to us. That means he can't take Christ's death on the cross away from us. He can't change his mind on the forgiveness of our sins through Christ. And right. Cause that salvation, that redemption was plan a, he doesn't yeah. switch to a plan B. Right. Right. Uh, and then, so one of these verses that's kind of, uh, it's really a, a good to look at it. Psalm 33, 11, and then the counsel of the Lord stands forever and is the plans of his heart to all generations. And right. So, and by the counsel of the Lord, it's, you know, this is God, the father, God, the son, and God, the Holy spirit stand forever, unchangeable. His plans are the same for, for those whom he loves. And the, and that is for us to come to him and recognition that we need a savior in Jesus Christ. Exactly. That's right. And then obviously Psalm 41 Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. I mean, there's all sorts of stuff here. Uh, I love James one seventeen. Yes, it I was... says, oh, I stole it. Yeah, there you so go. So it says, with God, there is no variation or shadow due to change. It's really interesting to look at that word shadow there. Because yep. you notice how a shadow is constantly changing in shape and proportion and angle because the sun is going down and up. I love how James used that word. James uses this word in this specific verse referring to God's immutability saying there's no variation in God. There's no shadow to change even in the dark times and in the really sunny, happy times, God is still with us and he's still our solid rock regardless of changing circumstances. It's amazing. Yeah. I, um, I think that's, it's, it definitely has, a, a perspective that it puts on the shadow uh, point. And I, you don't really see a lot of that type of terminology in scripture where 
you know, you're comparing God's immutability to another physical change in, or another, you know, physical object in our, in our known universe. Um, and I'm just reading some notes here. It says the shadow of turning refers to our perspective of the, on the sun. It is eclipsed. It moves and it casts its shadow. The sun rises and sets, appears and disappears every day. It comes out of one tropic and enters into another at certain seasons of the year. But with God, who spiritually speaking is light itself, there is no darkness at all. There is no change with him nor anything like it. God is unchangeable in his nature perfections, purposes, promises, and gifts. He, being holy, cannot turn to that which is evil, nor can he who is the fountain of light be the cause of darkness. And right. I think that's, that, that is just perfectly and beautifully summed up. Exactly. And I think, too, if you rewind a few verses to James one thirteen, can say, uh, because God can't turn to evil, God cannot uh, be tempted with evil. And he himself tempts no one. Um, it's not God tempting you, but uh, you know you could look to Job for clarification on this. It's not that it's God doing the tempting. It's God that allows the tempter, Satan, to do that work for him. Because right, as all things do come. They always will come back to uh, driving us to the glory of God. That's right. And you know, there's actually one other nuance I wanted to look at here. A caveat, and that is the fact that God does react to events in in chronological order, right? He's not going to punish you for the sins of your ancestors, not your ancestors, your descendants, fifty generations in the future, right? He reacts to events and judge, and he has judgment in a specific timing. And so, as history unfolds, he reacts to that, not reactionary like he's learning any new information, but his disposition. Um, is uh, is responding to certain events in history, and it's a beautiful thing to see that he's sovereign over it, and yet he interacts with it. Um, and a verse that I guess kind of gets at what I'm trying to say here is Numbers 23:19. It says, "God is not a man that he should lie, or a son of man that he should change his mind. Has he said, and has he said, and it will not be so?" And uh, what this verse says is like he will not change his mind. And I'm going to connect this back to what I just said prior by pointing to Genesis 6, 6. Uh, this is kind of a long way around the barn here, but you guys are going to see how interesting this is. Genesis 6, 6 says, The Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth, and he was grieved in his heart. So some people will look at that and say, is this contradicting Numbers 23, 19 when it says that he does not change his mind? Yep. Now, how would you respond to that, Alex? I'm curious. Well, we have to also understand that Scripture is written uh, in the uh, projection that man has to be able to read and understand it. And so when we read words like God changed his mind, it's not God actually going, huh, that didn't work out well. well plan B now. Plan B now. It, it has, that has never implied anywhere in Scripture. What it's simply saying is for the writer to the reader is that God reached a certain end point with this particular person or event, and is changing course to the next line. Right. So His the, disposition. Right. And so like the case is going from Saul to David, where God says, I regret making Saul king. Now, David, you're king. He's not going, man, I really thought Saul was going to do it, but he just proved me wrong. So now I'm going to go to my backup and David. No, 
what God is saying is my glory has been fulfilled through David or through Saul and he is I have exhausted everything I want out of him now I'm changing right. to David right and and I guess he he conveys he communicates to us his his attitude or disposition towards a certain thing explaining mm-hmm. that and I guess you could call this analogical language here where it's like anthropomorphizing God makes speaking of his emotion in a human way here in Genesis 6 6 yep. uh, and it's also providing in context is providing a re- the reasoning for why he flooded the earth yep. in judgment because yep. of the absolute wickedness of mankind so it's not that he's switching to plan B here but this is expressing to us why he was judging the earth because of humanity's wickedness right and and I think it's it's it pays well to know that when we talk about these you can call it an emotion, maybe the regret, because it regrets an emotion. When we talk about this, we have to imply it into the human understanding because we don't get the ability to understand God's motives behind why he's doing things. So it, that's not fully. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Not fully. Um, <laughs> so I was pulling up some other scripture and uh, I love. So there's uh, one I want to pull out of from Isaiah 46. It says, remember this, fix it in your mind, take it to your heart. You rebels. Remember the former things, those of long ago. I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me. I make known the end from the beginning, from ancient times, what is still to come. I say my purpose will stand and I will do all that I please. From east I summon a bird of prey, from the far off land a man to fulfill my purpose. What I have said, that I will bring about. What I have planned, that I will do. Mic drop. I I think we just say (laughs) la. I mean, Isaiah is a phenomenal book, and I encourage everybody to go read it. It is so, there is so much depth and understanding to the character of God and his redemptive plan in Isaiah, probably more so than any other book in the old Testament. Right. And then, but what it's funny here, what Isaiah is actually echoing and not really Isaiah, but what God is actually telling Isaiah is what happened in Job, Job 23. He stands alone and who can oppose him? He does whatever he pleases. Right. And so, like, who who are we, old man? <laughs> yeah. Oh man, it's just I I love I love talking about God's attributes because you just get to see in light of how we are nothing but dust, right? <laughs> Literally I, nothing but dust. When we when we look at His incommunicable attributes, like the attributes that we don't share in. The fact that God is unchanging, mm-hmm. it's it really is mind-blowing. And it shows us that though he does react to certain events within time, that even though these are events that he preordained, uh, at the same time, his general uh, like attributes and, and basic nature does not change. He's forever faithful. And if nothing else gives you comfort in this life, that is an amazingly comforting reality. Jesus Christ is indeed the same yesterday, today, and forever yeah yeah i i mean at one end you can look at it and say um that there's just there's literally nothing more we can talk about because this attribute is 
I don't want to say it's easily summed up in just those few simple words that God doesn't change. And then we throw some scripture at you and then we're done. But on the same token, but it kind of is, it is that it is that it's exactly it because, um, I mean, we can continue to throw all the scripture at you and we can continue to talk about it. And uh, I, I mean, what other scripture do you have? I, I, I'm, I'm curious. I got another. To, you got another? Let's hear it. Throw it out. Uh, it's in First Samuel. Okay. And it's chapter 15, verse 29. Oh, yeah. I was looking also, at that the one. glory of Israel will not lie or have regret, for he is not a man that he should have regret. Now, I think, again, we need to distinguish because some, some translations actually translate Genesis 6-6 six, six as saying that God regretted that he had made man. I think that's a poor translation because the word really means just to turn in disposition, to have grief about a certain thing. Um, but when 1 Samuel 15 is speaking here of God re- not ever regretting, it's saying that he does not, he doesn't make a plan A, scrap it, and go to plan B, as we said earlier. Yep. Uh, he's in sovereign control. And he knows what he's doing, to put it simply, and his his character does not change. Yep. So it's reinforced all over scripture. Yeah, and I think you know, when we when we talk about painting this picture for people, you know, there's and as I was doing all my research for this, these common verses kept kind of coming up the Malachi, the um, uh, Genesis uh hebrews james um there's one i that i saw out of john i mean there's a there's just a bunch of spread out all through scripture and what the message continues to say is that simply that god will not change and god will do as he pleases and i think what it really boils down to for us as listeners is it's a comforting passage a comforting attribute to understand and listen and to learn because it means that we have more foundational pieces to this character of god and if we were to just say that god is infinite and have no other attributes well i mean you could literally be serving a rock right it's too ambiguous yeah it's it's so vast of a thought to think, well, if this being of God is only infinite, then what, what do I, what, what, what do I get out of it? Okay. So then we add other attributes. So let's say this infinite is just loving. Well, what does that give us? Okay. So it loves me. Okay. What does that get me? I'm still not any further along than I was five minutes ago. Right. So, when we talk about these attributes, we have to understand that each of them play an intricate role in the way God conveys to his people. And I think the most beautiful aspect to this one is that because God is not ever changing, God will fulfill his plan. And so for us, this side of heaven, this side of the resurrection so we're post-resurrection, before the second coming. What does God tell us was going to happen? That Christ is going to come back and take his church. And that is a promise that God will keep. And then you've got all the naysayers that say, well, where's your God at? He's not here. You know, he must be, you know, he... 
I think is what in second is it in first or second Peter? I think that Peter writes about it, not yeah. to not uh, to ignore the naysayers that you know start mocking us for our for our belief in Christ because he promised us to come and 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 then never never came, but you know and then Paul I think writes that for one day it for God is like a thousand years on earth, and so yeah. we can't measure our understanding of time to God. And then we cannot hold God accountable for, you know, uh, coming and going as we want him to, because God will do as he pleases as Job notes. And then we also have to understand too, that there was 500 years, give or take, uh, between the old Testament and the birth of Christ. So years of silence is common for God, 400 years of exile and Exodus before Moses arose. Yeah. So doesn't mean that he's changed in his right. nature. He is just waiting for his designated time exactly. to fulfill his promise. And uh and I think that's just a beautiful you know promise that Christians can hold on to that we can say God isn't going to ever change it. He will fulfill his promise to us. Right. That's a that's a pillow you can sleep on. Like you can rest your head on that bank on the reality that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Mm -hmm. And knowing that his promises never change, like they never become less true. Right. And that's, that's really a big takeaway. I think for any listener out there, like that is something that you can live your life banking on, Mm -hmm. put all your stock in God's faithfulness and uh, he won't let you down. And the other thing too is that this attribute adds, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, it backs every other attribute out there. Exactly. So when you say that God is faithful, you can fully say that God is faithful because God will never change. And so if God promises something, He's going to do it. And right. So it gives it, you know, solidity. It makes Him. It makes everything, like you said, it's the. I can see it being as a glue to hold all of them together. That God will not change, so He's immutably immutable. He will forever be immutable, unchangingly be unchangeable. Unchangeable. <laughs> Wrap your head around that five times. Exactly. So uh, I, I don't know how much more we could beat the horse into the ground. Um, <laughs> I'm just I'm just picturing a horse <laughs> beaten to the ground, beaten into the ground by the immutable God. Wait a minute. Yeah. Make you scratch your head a little bit. Um, and again, like I said, I don't want to take this and make this ep- these episodes to be so academically challenging that people have to sit and take notes to keep up with us. And and I think we kind of we went through some heavy scripture. We talked pretty well around this, you know, the the that God doesn't change. And you know, as deep as it is. I think it provides context to the remaining episodes in this series, which as we've talked through it, I think I may move this episode to the third launch because I think this puts the power behind more uh, of his attributes that I can say because God is immutable, this plays a bigger role now Yeah, as I, as I go through my studies. And so, you know, I, 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 I don't know what else to add to it, but I, I know, covered it, man. yeah, but, but I know that this will continue to be unfolded in coming episodes. 
Mm. So yeah, it applies to the rest of them. Right. So uh, I, I really appreciate you coming on and, and spending, you know, 45, 50 minutes with me hashing this out. And Dude, it's been my pleasure. I have got a ton of episodes in this series. So maybe I'll get you back on for another attribute hey, or I'd be happy to do it. Or we'll get you on the eschatology and I'll grill you on your end times views. On my uh, pan millennialism? <laughs> pan millennialism. It'll all pan out uh, in the end. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm totally the first one to ever make that pun. Yeah, not. Oh, man, that's funny. But uh, yeah, so um, I, 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 like I said, I appreciate you taking the time. I know you're a busy person. I'm not busy at all. <laughs> <laughs> this quarantine's got me with lots of free time. So uh, you should anytime. be pumping. You should be pumping out episodes, man, left and right. I should. Left I have and... no excuses, man. I'm yeah. sticking to the one a week, though. Yeah, it's all right, though. That's what I'm doing. Read a book or two, too. You know, ooh, ooh. <laughs> Read, reading would be would be a good thing. If anybody knows me, uh, they know I I'm not read. the fastest reader. I yeah. I stick to audiobooks and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I do a mix. So because uh, I sit all day at work, so I just throw in an audio book. So I have content going into my ears. And then when I come home, I try to physically read. So imagine reading an audio book like in your ears uh, and you're reading with your eyes another book at the same time. Some people with like crazy, amazing minds can do that. I can't yeah. picture how that would work, but I couldn't listen and read along to the same book. So. <laughs> I don't know how people can do that. I do that. Oh man. I you know, I've thought about it. I'm like, you know, I have a couple books on audio that I have um physically physical copies too, so I might I might dig into that uh right uh a little bit. So well, Jason, uh I'm gonna go eat some leftover pizza and uh Dude, I think I'm gonna and tell her goodnight because I'm gonna go to bed. I'm old. <laughs> You're like <laughs> You're like 19, aren't you? How old are you? 20? I'm I'm 18 right now. 18? Sheesh. Yes, uh, sir. You haven't even you haven't even lived life yet. I'm like 90, so <laughs> 90 <laughs> years old, bro. Yeah, I'm like Abraham, dude. Like... Dude, I've been going to bed at nine o'clock though. Oh. You, act like you only go to sleep early because because you're old. That's not the case. No. And you're not even old, bro. I know. Like, I uh, I I have to get up early for work and. Right. Because I worked my awesome job that I love so much. And so I'm up at 5 a.m. most days or 7 a.m. on uh, two days a week. So it's like, just try to be in bed by 10 o'clock is the only thing. Just try to get in bed. Try to get in bed. Exactly. <laughs> it never works. So, uh, all right, man. So as we just banter and people lose interest, uh, I think that's it for the show. And uh, so you guys can check out Jason, Daily Reformation Podcast. Uh, go listen to him. He has got some fantastic content and he does a great job producing his show. Check out his Instagram page and follow him there. If you don't already, uh, I'd expect you do if you listen to me because uh, he's been around a lot longer than me in terms of the podcasting world. And uh, so Wait, go check him I? out. I think I so. We started at the same time, man. Mm, when did you start? Uh, like March of 2018, 2019. I forget. Mm. We started. Well, I appreciate it, man. I think we started the end of 2018. I think you were around just a little bit longer than me. Right. Us, us Paul and I. Yeah, you know, I started like doing daily episodes, and I I got so burnt out from trying to do yeah. every single day. Yeah. But, I uh, I remember changed. when you I remember when you made that change. 
to uh, weekly. And you connecting be... it back, yeah. it's like I changed my whole setup, changed my whole plan, and then I changed it from bi-weekly, like two a week, to one week, or one episode every single week, keep changing the schedule, and it's like, God never changes. You know what I'm yeah, saying? He's exactly. immutable. Exactly. We're, we're and, mutable with our podcasting and everything. Yeah. Well, I mean, look at Undying Light. I mean, we were, Paul and I, for a long time, we were cranking out episodes, and then we went to this weird... He does a solo episode. I do a solo episode. And then we do joint. And then we change again. And we change again. And then we didn't do anything for a while. And then we change again. And now he's left the show. And so Undying Lights change again. And, exactly. you know, but this is the promise to rest in, uh, for Christians is that our God doesn't change and he won't. So amen to that, brother. On that note, uh, guys, I hope you're staying safe during the quarantine and, uh, I hope you all are digging into your Bibles and praying and, uh, just trying to uncover the nature of God more and doing some well worth time spent with family and studying with them. And, uh, that's all I got. Jason, anything else? Peace out. Thanks for listening guys. Yeah, thanks for listening and make sure you wash your, your hands and don't touch your face. All right, God bless all. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Normal. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.